0: Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. And through us, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. We are starting our Advent series um, to Sunday, where we are looking at the encounters of the angels in the Christmas story. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about great joy. You're clearly super excited. That's great. Good place to start. And I want to encourage you as we were praying together um, as volunteers before the services this morning, I really felt the Lord say that he has made each of us with a deep well full of joy already in us. And I want to encourage you, whether you're coming here this morning and you already feel topped up, amazing. Let's let that overflow. But if you are coming this morning and you think, the last thing I want to listen to, Steph, is something about joy, can I encourage you? There is going to be nothing, no magical step-by-step process that I'm going to be able to give you. But I feel this morning that if you come to the word of God with your hands open and just say, I want to hear from you, Lord, he will speak. So if this is one of those mornings where you had to drag yourself here or drag yourself in front of the screen, please, there is still something for you to receive because he has built a well within us that will not run dry, that is so deep within how we are made and who we are that the whole world can fall apart and it will not be shaken. So let's come and receive that great joy today. And we're going to be spending time in the Gospel of Luke, looking at the encounter with Zechariah and the angels, as you can see, a little blurb up there. We're going to be talking about this encounter and following the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. So we'll be jumping in and out of Luke 1 to follow their journey and to learn from it. So let's go ahead and dive in. We're in Luke 1, and we're going to start in verse 5. It says, during the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant and they both were very old. One day, Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. Following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and burn incense. All the people who gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel from the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear." Now, we're going to pause there for a minute. I want us to appreciate the moment Zechariah is having. So Zechariah was a part of the um, Levite tribe in Israel, and he was one in one division of 24 within that tribe. So this isn't like a Sunday service, Rhoda, where you're on every month. This was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. Some priests never got the opportunity to be drawn by lottery to give an offering to God. So now that he's had this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, it's most likely never going to happen again. And in his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, he literally wins the lottery by meeting an angel of the Lord. So the one time he gets to go into the holy place to give an offering on behalf of God's people, he meets an angel of God. Let's jump back into the story um, at verse 13. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go forth before the Lord equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn hearts of fathers back to their children, and he will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. What a declaration. So here he is, Zechariah, meeting angel of the Lord, the one time he gets to do an offering, and he is given a joy, gift wrapped, placed in his hands, one that is very personal. As we heard, him and his wife were not able to have children. And back in that time, culturally, if you weren't able to have children, sometimes that was seen as maybe you've sinned against God. There's been some disgrace placed upon you. But we know from what we just read that Elizabeth and Zechariah were seen as righteous in God's eyes they just weren't able to have children so here the angel of the Lord comes and says good news Zechariah be filled with joy because you are going to have a child that longing it says that him and Elizabeth were very old so they have spent their whole life together from the moment they were married until this point feeling like they had a gap that has not been filled longing for a child, carrying the disgrace of not being able to conceive in their community. And the angel says, good news, you will have a child And not only that, but this child will make a way for the Lord because guess what? The Messiah is coming. So Zechariah was also gifted in this moment a joy for the nation of Israel. He would have known from the language used, the mention of the prophet Isaiah, the turning Israel, turning back to God, what was being predicted here. So the angel is bringing joy, not just for Zechariah, but for the entire nation of Israel. I don't know about you, but if I had heard what I had been longing to hear for years and years and years, my immediate reaction would have just been, I would have been on my face and saying thank you in every physical way I possibly could. But let's look at what Zechariah says in verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? My wife and I are very old. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and to bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time, but because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happen. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they wondered why he was in the sanctuary for such a long time. When he came out, he was unable to speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he gestured to them and couldn't speak." This incredible joy for Zechariah personally and for the people of Israel was silenced with one question How can I be so sure? And when I first read this, I immediately thought, in a couple paragraphs later, of Mary's question. So when Mary is visited by the angel and she is told that she is to carry the Son of God, she asks the angel a question as well. She says, How is this possible? How is this going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. Valid question. And um, I remember looking at that and thinking, well, why was Zechariah silenced and Mary wasn't? And when I was reading commentaries and looking at the original languages, what it turns out is that Mary's question was one of puzzlement. OK, so what's that going to look like? She's just trying to figure out how it's going to happen. She's already said yes to the promise of the angel and the Lord. But Zechariah's question is one of doubt. In the original languages, he's speaking from a place of, (laughs) how can I be so sure? Like, my wife and I are very old. How is that possible? And I want to encourage us today that it is okay to ask God questions, to say, Lord, I don't understand. I can't see the big picture. But when we speak from doubt, our joy is silenced. And this morning, the Lord wants to raise a joy in each of us and us as his people that is so loud, it carries into every place you are going to walk in the coming days, goes beyond this Christmas season and brings you a joy that lasts. But we have to stop letting our joy be silenced. And I can imagine the angel saying that, he's like, I am Gabriel. I stood in the presence of the Lord. Like he's, Zechariah's like, how can I be sure? And Gabriel's like, hello, what more do you need? Like, I'm an angel of the Lord. Like, come on, what's going on here? And we can scoff at Zechariah, but how many times do we look in the Lord's face and say, I don't know, God, how can I be sure? And Jesus is standing right in front of us saying, hello, have you forgotten the cross? Have you forgotten that I am alive? Whenever we ask the Lord for anything, whenever we spend time with him, what we are doing is we are entering into the heavenly throne room, and we are saying, Father, help. Father, I need you. Father, speak to me. And because of Jesus, we are able to do that. And so whenever we say, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually going to work out. I don't know if you're really going to help me. God, I've been praying for this for so long and nothing has changed. How can I be sure this will be so different? Jesus, they're like, hello, I have died for you. I rose again so that you could know a God and a joy that goes beyond every circumstance. Where have we let our doubts silence our joy? God wants to tell you this morning that he has not forgotten you. I feel like that's a word for someone here and it might be in the room or online. God has not forgotten you. That's what he was telling Zechariah in this moment. I have not forgotten you and Elizabeth. I have heard your prayers. I have not forgotten my people Israel even when they turn their backs on me. I'm still bringing a savior. God has not forgotten you. How much more do we need? Do not let your joy be silenced, and let's not forget who stands before us. Now, we're going to skip a bit because we're going to revisit Mary's story in a couple weeks' time, but I want us to go back into Elizabeth and Zechariah's journey. We're going to start in verses um, 23, and then we're going to jump to 39. In verse 23, it says, when he, Zechariah, completed the days of his priestly service, he returned home. Afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. She kept to herself for five months, saying, this is the Lord's doing. He has shown his favor to me by removing my disgrace among other people. And then we come to Elizabeth again in verse 39. It says, Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands after having her encounter with the angels. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Other versions say, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. In these passages, we're getting an insight. has kind of gone in a corner. We've seen his perspective now. But what we see is Elizabeth carrying this joy. And I think there's a word for us here in how we allow joy to develop in us because a lot of us find ourselves in the meantime. You've received the promise, and you had this rush of joy. Yes, Lord, amen, I want that. And then, I don't know if you know this, it takes nine months to have a baby, and then you're carrying it for maybe nine months or more. It feels like a trudge, that buzz dies out, and that gap between promise and fulfillment, that can feel really quiet, that space. But what we see here is Elizabeth developing her joy. And I think there's something for us here in how to keep the joy in that meantime. Now, Elizabeth, two key things here. The first is that she rooted herself on truth. In verse um, 25, she says, this is the Lord's doing. And we know she carried that within her because, again, in 45, she tells Mary, but I believe she's speaking from personal experience. Happy is she who believes the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. She knows what that feels like because she's carrying it herself. And here we also see two instances of three of moments when the Holy Spirit is tied to joy. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and then she declares with joy. The baby leaps for joy, and as the angel predicted, is filled with the Holy Spirit in her womb. And then later we will read that Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit and then sings a song of joy. There is something about the Holy Spirit and joy clearly outlined for us in Scripture. So what this means for us is as we allow joy to develop in us, when we finish with the buzz of the promise, I don't know, does anyone else feel that? We're on a mountaintop high, and you're like, I heard the voice of the Lord. Things are going to change. I'm going to get what I need. No? Just me? All right. Well, I get a buzz of a high, and I'm like, this is so good. And then you carry it, and you carry it, and you carry it, and fulfillment just feels forever away. And then it happens and you're like, amen, praise God. But then you look back and you're like, man, I wish that joy would have filled that space. We can do what Elizabeth does here and we can remind ourselves of truth first and foremost. This is the Lord's doing. God's scripture says that not a single word leaves the Lord before coming down like rain, watering seeds, bringing fruit, and then returning to him. No promise, no word is void or empty when it comes from God. We have seen victory in Jesus as he was promised to us, and we see that promise begin in these scriptures. That has been fulfilled. Vic- victory has been won. And we are told time and time in scripture, over and over again, that we are loved, that we have a good father, that when we come to him, he will not give us a stone when we ask for bread, that he is faithful, that he is unchanged through all of time and history. That is our truth. So when joy starts to die down, we say, no, 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 this is the Lord's doing. My God is faithful. My God is good. He is here. And we allow ourselves to be filled with praise once again. We allow what can be weeping to turn to songs of praise. And the other thing that we see in Elizabeth's story is that we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. When we can't find that joy, when we feel it fizzle out, we say, God, I need you. Give me fresh joy for what you have promised. Don't let me forget, don't let the words get dulled by the day today, by waiting for fulfillment. Fill me today. Um, not to brag, but um, I have Taylor Swift tickets. Um, I know. I fought very hard for them. I sat in a queue of like 30,000 people. It was stressful. Um, but I am so excited. So, I got the tickets in June of this year, 2023. The concert is August 2024. So, listen, they sold out, okay? I had to fight for those things. So, I have to wait. From the moment I got the tickets, I have to wait a whole year and then some to go to the concert. But I'm keeping my excitement elevated by listening a lot to her songs. David and Carl share a wall with me, they know. And i um, planning outfits. I'm going with Hannah Dodwell, so we're talking about what era we're going to be dressed as and, like, it's going to be sparkly, whatever it is. And um, looking at videos from other concerts, um, uh, learning words, and planning, like, how long are we going to stand in the merch queue, looking at our view. We're dead center it's beautiful sometimes I just look at the photo from view from my seat and I think that's gonna be so good I do all of this to keep the excitement going until August 2024 when I'm gonna have the time of my life now I know that that's trivial and there are some things that we are waiting for that hurts and I do I don't want to diminish that please hear my heart but there are ways for us to maintain that joy we don't have to suffer in the meantime We don't. There is beauty in the valley. And in the waiting, we can hear powerful, life-changing things. If we stop trying so hard to rush past the meantime and get to the end goal, and we allow the Lord and Holy Spirit to move in us where we are. So how are you allowing joy to develop now where you are? Where can the Holy Spirit and the word of God revive the joy within you? And can I encourage you, come to the word of God like your life depends on it. If you feel dried from joy, come to the word like your life depends on it. And the other element we see of development of joy, which I find really interesting, is that Elizabeth carried her child privately for five months. And I think that there's something here that we can take from, you know, Elizabeth would have been known in the community as not being able to have children. And so it would have been really easy for other people's doubt to silence her joy. If all of a sudden she walked out and was like, I'm pregnant, but she's not showing anything. I mean, like, okay, how can you be sure? Other people ask her that. Well-meaning people who love her who say, Elizabeth, I don't know, honey, protect your heart, be careful but this is the Lord's doing. So she kept it private until she was showing, and then she went into the community. And I think sometimes the Lord gives us a word, a promise, a joy, that we are meant to keep to ourselves until some things start to show, that we are meant to hold dear, not because it's not true, but because people aren't ready to hear it it wouldn't bring them joy in that moment. Can you imagine Elizabeth stepping out with her belly showing? The community would be overjoyed and in awe saying, wow, we can see the Lord has come. My um, family and I, when I was in my uni days before I moved here to the UK, we had several years where we were homeless. And um, after one of the hardest years for us, Right, family and shelter and people scattered and enough jobs just wasn't enough to cover what we needed. Um, I was in a meeting of my Christian union at uni and I remember praying to God and we had been teaching about you know, planting your feet somewhere and drawing a circle around a need and saying, Lord, I will not move until I hear you speak on this thing. It is that important to me. I need you that much. And I remember coming to God with my family and saying, God, you have to do something. This is so hard. This is so dark. I'm not going to budge until you do something. And in that moment, I heard him say, in a year, everything's going to be okay. And I was filled with joy despite my circumstances not changing in that moment, and God telling me they're not going to change for a year, I was filled with joy, but I didn't tell anyone because I felt that that was something I was supposed to keep to myself in that moment. I could have told my family members, but to be honest, I think it would have only hurt them. They weren't in the place to hear it. It wouldn't have built up their faith like it built up mine. And so I kept it close to my heart and even my friends who were journeying with me because it would have been real easy for them to say, Stephanie, how can you be sure? Because they love me and they don't want to see me heartbroken, but I knew it was the Lord that had spoken. So I kept that close to my heart and then a year later, when all of my family members had a roof over their head and jobs that they weren't gonna lose and the Lord had restored relationships and set things right, I said, look at what God has done. A year ago, he promised me everything would be okay and now look, it is a year and everything is okay. And I, yeah, let's give a pause, this is amazing. And I shared that joy then. I told my friends, I told my family, and that was a blessing to them in the moment. They could say, oh, wow, that's incredible, when it wouldn't have been joyful at the time. So I think there's sometimes when we are carrying joy that is not just for us, that maybe impacts people, as Elizabeth would have impacted her community, it's okay to hold that between us and the Lord until he tells you it's time to show it. And that does not diminish the joy or make it any less great than it is, because I held on to that promise with a faith that was way beyond my own strength and capability, and it got me through that season. Let's finish um, Zachariah and Elizabeth's journey by going back into Luke 1, and we're going to start in verse 57 says, when the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they had heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, it came time to circumcise the child. They wanted to name him Zechariah, because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name will be John. They said to her, none of your relatives have that name. Then they began gesturing to his father to see what he wanted to call him. After asking for a tablet, he surprised everyone by writing, My, his name is John. At that moment, Zachariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All their neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone throughout the and Highlands talked about what had happened. All who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. John's father, Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in the servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our Lord's deep compassion, From the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give lights to those who are sitting in the darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide us on the path of peace. The child grew up, becoming strong in character. He was in the wilderness until he began his public ministry in Israel. Oh, the delivery of joy. It's been developed, and now it's delivered, and we see in the birth of John a fulfillment of joy for Elizabeth and Zechariah. Their child is here. As we know all too well, there is so much that can go wrong in a pregnancy, so many things and doubts that could have gone through their mind, but their joy has arrived, and it's not only fulfilled joy for them, but for Israel, as Zechariah declares in his song of praise that the Lord is making a way for the Messiah, for the sake of his people. He is honoring his covenant that was made so long ago and it's a joy delivered for us as well because we receive the promise fulfilled in this. The coming king that has lived and died and rose again so that we might know a great joy that spans beyond all generations. So it's a beautiful delivery of joy for the individual, for the community, and for all generations, for eternity if that doesn't make you excited I don't know what does and we see the Holy Spirit again filling Zechariah with joy coming in again to aid in that and the most beautiful thing is we see joy spread it says his neighbors and the entire Judean highlands that would have been like all of hurts have heard the good news did you hear Elijah Elizabeth and Zechariah had a child God's promise was fulfilled. And these things have been spoken over him. Hope is coming. That joy spread. We have to share our joy boldly. We can sing here as loudly as we want the praises of God, but if all it does is rattle these windows once a week on a Sunday, our joy is pointless. We are meant to be a people of great joy who will not stop talking about it, and I know that it's hard when people try to silence you, when they say maybe you've made this faith up in your head, oh well look at your life, you mess up all the time, well I don't know about this whole God thing, can you prove it, all these doubts that come in, but if we live in this space of delivered joy, of recognizing Jesus is the one who has come and sits in heaven waiting for us in eternity, we will never be silenced. So can I encourage us, just like things we're doing on the 16th, we want to fill Watford with joy. We want Jesus' name and the good news to be declared so loudly through carols and prayer and just giving people a free mince pie and saying, you're loved, all of that to say, look at this joy. It will catch and it will spread because it is of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. Great joy is loud. I went to a concert recently, and I really enjoy being in, like, the pit, as close to the stage as possible. And I'm one of those people that, like, I sing with my whole chest. <laughs> you can still hear the artist. I'm not those, that person. But I am, like, loud because I'm not the best singer. But there, you can't hear me. So I'm, like, top of my voice. I leave the concert. I don't have a voice anymore. I'm singing every word with all that I have. Great joy is meant to be like that for us. It is so loud that you can't hear your doubts because you are saying it with your whole chest. Everything in you is saying God is good. He is holy. He is with me. He has promised this for me. This is the Lord's doing. And I believe he will fulfill the promises he has made. And you declare that so wholeheartedly with all that you do, with all that you are, that the doubts are silenced, your joy rings that loud that it even carries just kind of when you leave a concert and your ears are ringing and you can't hear anything, people are trying to talk to you, you don't know what's going on, your ears ring from promise to fulfillment and all through the meantime, that our joy is so loud that even in the meantime, our ears are ringing with truth. The Holy Spirit is ringing our ears, and it is so loud that it calls out to every generation, every nation, and every person that it doesn't just stay in this room and then we shut it away in a little music box during the week, but then when we walk into the workplace, our joy is loud. When we go to our schools, our joy is loud. When we sit with our families and walk down our neighborhood streets, our joy is loud. A lot of people will feel happy this season, the festive warm fuzzies, but on the 27th of January, Christmas is over, it's still cold, it's still dark, and you've got a new year ahead of days that you're just like, I don't even want to think about what's filling them. Great joy is so much more than the warm festive feelings. So let us receive and let us give that this Christmas. Let us say no to the temporary happiness and allow great joy to ring in us louder than our doubts through our mean times and spread into all the spaces that we go. The Lord has great joy for us. I think the best thing that we can do now as we come to a close is to just ask the Holy Spirit to fill those wells within us with great joy because this is his work. And his word promises us that when we say, come and fill us, he will. So if you're able to, let's stand together and pray. Lord, we thank you for the great joy that you so freely give to us. I want to encourage you, whether for yourself or because you want to overflow and spill out unto other people, if you want great joy this morning, if you just, just open your hands out to God, ready to receive as we pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, come fill us afresh with a joy that is not contained by circumstance, that is not silenced by doubt, but that rings in our hearts and our minds and our voices every day because we know the Lord who has made the promise. We know the calling placed upon our lives through Jesus. And we have seen victory after victory. So we hold out all of our doubts to you. We ask you to take them. And we ask you to fill us afresh, Holy Spirit. We give ourselves over to you. Fill us with great, loud, developing joy. And let it spread, Lord, for your glory. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9am and 11am in person and online.